time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews, and weekly giveaways. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Welcome back, Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. We're in the studio today. We have our co-host, Bryant Falconer, with us. How you doing today, Bryant? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Nice, man. So, uh, how's your week been? It's been a blessed week, man. On vacation still. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every time I see you, <laughs> you're at the one place I know you'll be. The Leaf. That's baby, right. The Leaf. And what a great place to hang yes, out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you guys get an opportunity to come through Abilene, if you're not from here, definitely go by the Leaf. Say hello to Jay and yeah. Scott. Deb and Dwayne, great staff, most definitely great humidor. Oh. I mean, I've been to a lot of shops, and I got to say that their humidor is one of the most impressive humidors most because definitely. they carry all the normal standard mm-hmm. brands that everybody carries, but they also have a huge selection of boutiques. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and plus. I mean, I've never been to California, but our prices are like a third of what they have out there. Uh, we've heard that firsthand from a friend of ours. But even so, even though, even when I go to other cigar uh-huh. lounges, I mean, I go to a lot of cigar lounges that are in bigger towns. Yes, sir. So, of course, their cigars are going to be a little more expensive mm-hmm. because they got higher rent. Yeah. So that's another benefit you have at Abilene is, I guess, uh, because it's a smaller town, we're not paying the high prices in rent. Because, I mean, you can imagine the difference in rent in downtown Abilene versus downtown Dallas. Tell the truth. You know what I mean? Tell the truth, yeah. So they're not passing that expense on. I so I think that the Leaf has the best selection and really the best prices retail-wise. As I've seen. I haven't seen anybody better right now. Yeah. So if you get a chance, go by, say hello to Jay at the Leaf. They do a great job. And if you go by there, you might even get to meet Corey, the uh, ghost, ghost partner. Yeah, the ghost partner. <laughs> Space ghost. <laughs> hey, so let's go ahead and jump right in. What yes, are you sir. smoking today? Uh, today I'm smoking LFD Chisel, Lahara. Nice. Yes, sir. Nice. This is my uh, congratulations stick, my victory stick, because my 49ers put 51 up today. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to give you guys props. Uh-oh. You know what? And you? I, yeah, yeah. You guys are knocking it out, dude. 7-0. <sighs> and oh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I really didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> now, I got to ask you this because I really don't keep up with the 49ers. Uh-huh. Have they played anybody? We played better teams than somebody else did. Well, that's what I mean, though. Yeah, so that you are playing solid competition mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. winning. And they projected... Uh, Carolina to do better than they did today. 13 points. But they didn't project them to win. Oh, no. So, you know, I yeah, that was just a beat down. Yeah. But I was just wondering, because Carolina is not really, you know, a top 15 team. Not anymore. Yeah, not not anymore. Tell the truth. Not not for the rest of the season. Yes, sir. So, anyway, hats off to the 49ers. Uh, Cowboys are off this week, so that was a win for us. Uh, we didn't get beat. So, you know what? I'm going to have a victory drink to that. I hear you, brother. You're going to get some more of this. Uh, what is it? This is a spring bank. Yes, sir, uh, spring it's scotch. Bank. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't had it, Ed bought that. And I'll tell you what, it's a scotch that has no machines and no computers. It's all handcrafted. Oh, hand. And it's the last scotch distillery that does everything by hand oh, no man. computers they do it all and i Original. tell you what it's smooth yeah i yeah, mean yeah. i i it's it's not it doesn't have that sweetness that mm-hmm. i'm used to but it's definitely good and it's so smooth you're just like because when you get ready to take a drink you know you, you're kind of preparing, preparing yourself, yourself. Yeah. and it's like oh there is no bite there <laughs> so 
Uh, thank you, Ed, for that bottle. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a great spirit. We're enjoying it. And then I am smoking a uh, my father's Lee Bijou 1922. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's late in the evening. Thought I'd you know go with something bold. Yeah. And I haven't had one in a while. I'm smoking the Robusto size. I tell you what, I've really just become a lover of the Robusto, uh, the Petites. The Coronas, those smaller ring gauges are just really speaking to me right now. Uh, uh, So I'm enjoying that. And it pairs really nice with this uh, spring bank. Growing your your palate and your your options. Yeah, right? So uh, let's get on with, let's say thank you to the Patreons. Most definitely. This is the first week that we're recording with the new soundboard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So hopefully you guys will notice a difference and upgrade in the sound quality. Yes, sir. Uh, I hope that it sounds as good as it sounds in the headphones. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I always sound good, but now you actually sound oh, good. Man. It takes a lot of money to make you sound good. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's talk about our sponsor right quick. Most definitely. Uh, McAuliffe Cigars sponsors the show. We're very blessed to have them. Uh, man, I, I love so many cigars in their line, and uh, I just can't say enough about the family and the team that runs that company. Most definitely. We got to meet them at the cigar event a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and hang out with them. And although it was super busy, it with that family and with that team, they still took the time to enjoy socially with everyone they you know made, what i mean they made time for the people that were there because they understood that that it was them that the re, they were the reason yeah they were the reason and they made sure that they spent as much time as they could with the people they did yeah and i love and them, i man. mean and you saw how busy they were oh yes i mean yes i'm gonna say that McAuliffe cigars was one of the reasons that was such a huge successful yes, event yes, sir. Yes, sir. and to be so busy putting on a great event they also still took time to socialize and get to know with the everyone. people you yep. know what i mean everyone. so anyway we just want to say thank you to mccallif for yes. sponsoring the show thank you and if you get an opportunity to try mccallif i guarantee you will not you will not disappoint from four to 42 from four to 42 can't beat it <laughs> So anyway, let's talk about, before we get on with the show, well, let me just tell you what's coming up. Later on in the show, we have Maggie Kimbrell on the show. She is the content editor of American Whiskey Magazine. Yes, sir. And she has a lot of knowledge, and she also actually writes a column on pairings with cigars Mm, and whiskeys. mm. So she has a lot of content information and knowledge. Uh, I didn't know that when I asked her to be on the show. I just thought she was like an expert on spirits or whiskey actually uh-huh. and then uh, found out that she did pairings and i was like wow isn't that just luck those those conversations that you have man and it, and it expounds into something else and you're like whoa wait a minute for well, real and, and you know yeah. it also shows the commonality oh. of how many people enjoy both of those oh yes uh together oh, yes so you know and we talked about it a little bit later. You can listen to the interview. I don't want to spoil it, so we'll go ahead and move on. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, then after Maggie, we're going to have Adam. He's one of our Patreons. He was the one that won the contest a yes, few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, we're going to visit with him a little bit on the show, so uh, we'll have them a little bit later. And so right now, let's get to our top three cigar picks of the week. And let me let me qualify this before we start, because I was talking to a good friend, and he was like, well, what makes you an expert to pick the top three cigars of the week? And you know what? Here's here's what I responded. Okay. When you smoke as many eight as to ten cigars a day, it's not that I would say I'm the expert to tell no. you the best cigars. I'm just saying what 
I think mm-hmm. was the most enjoyable cigars for me of the week. Tell the truth. So it's like, I'm not telling you that these are the top three cigars in the United States. Mm-mm. These are the top three cigars that I smoked. And because I smoked a ton of cigars, <laughs> then it, it really speaks volumes yeah. to, well, yeah. okay, yeah. well, he smoked. And, you know, I don't smoke eight different cigars nah. every day. Sometimes I might smoke two or three of the same one, mm-hmm. Medallia. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm just saying that because he was like, well, what makes you an expert to pick top three cigars? And I said, well, it's not that we're being experts. It's that we smoke a lot of cigars. Tell the truth. So in a week's time, it's a great idea to pick three of that you really, really That enjoy. you really love that week. And this is my interpretation of my feeling on what was the best three I had this right, week. Right, right. And that's all I'm trying to pass off. It's not that I'm trying to pass myself off as an expert no because i know i'm not an expert so you know what i say was that take that cigar man official (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway so let's get started i love them oh yeah absolutely so tell me what your top three were this week uh number one was the uh mccallif grande bowl matafina that is a great stick Uh, i'll tell you what because i'm so in love with the medallia right now (laughs) Uh i haven't gone back to that stick in uh-huh. a while and that is a really it good is, smoke it was a real good smoke this we got i took a couple of uh, a few pics of it and put it on my instagram with me and it i enjoyed it all the way through i did man. yeah it's a really unique cigar yes, sir. it's, it's kind of like that crossover for me to the sumatra okay yes you know what i mean it's yes. both of those are like not always on my radar mm. but then when i smoke them i'm like oh wow i, I need to come back to this more <laughs> yeah, often yeah great smoke the second one was the nat cinco number four now which one is that is that the one that's up in the front counter yes sir that's a great smoke and i, I met those guys at the event enjoyed this thing man yeah it really is a good smoke and i'll tell you what it's a great value oh yeah yeah, I got the. Uh, I bought a couple of them, and the second one is still sitting in the humidor, and I'm not going to touch that for a while. I'm just going to let it sit because the taste, the uh, complexity, everything about that stick, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to smoke my, my, my and second the, one. The I'm construction's put, oh, great on those. Man. I've Twist never had on the a bad end. one. Yeah. Uh, no, me neither. Uh, me neither. The foot was perfect. The and light. I, I mean, cold draw off of it. And I used my um, the uh, select draw, and I used two two prongs of the select draw on it. I got a perfect cold draw. I was like, man, this is cool. Smoked it, construction straight down, beautiful ash, great taste. I was just like, you know what? I'm not smoking the second one yet. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, they're a great value because I believe, Mm. I want to say that's like a $7.40 cigar. And I would say, and I mean, I'm just ballparking this figure, but I'm going to say that and you know how many cigars there are. I mean, I mean, we don't know how many there no, are particularly. But let's just say in the humidor at the Leaf. Leaf, yeah. That is probably a top 25 cigar. Yeah. And in the Abilene be, area, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And to be in the $7 range is a steal. Mm-hmm. So hats off to the guys who make those cigars. I met them at the event. Yeah, huh? super nice guys. Yeah, yeah. So all right, well, what do you got for number three? Number three was the Placencia Reserva Original, dude. That's that's a man. That is a great coffee cigar. Yes. And I, mean, I was drinking coffee. At oh, the time. very nice. I sat there, put it on Instagram. Also, you know it. It was a great cool down stick. Like I said, I'm on vacation this week, so I ain't got, I, I'm not tired trying to have any stress. And and he's on vacation next week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been three weeks, but <laughs> yeah, I just I, 
it was it was the opportunity to just sit there in that chair, man, and just zone out. Just zone. I put my headphones in and sat back there and people were talking to me and I was like, huh? What? What? Oh man. Hey. I was in my own zone and I and, loved it. All right. Those so were my three. There's your three. Hey, all three of those are good smokes. Yeah. If you haven't had the opportunity to try one of those, definitely give them a try. Cause uh and I'm impressed. Bryant's palate has really evolved, and I'm just going to say I'm impressed. He's selecting fine tobacco premium cigars. I'm still smoking Monte Cristo. Uh, well, you know, some people, it, it's kind of like a heroin addict. No, you know, no, it's hard. no, nowhere near it's, a heroin addict. <laughs> nowhere near. So, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and state, because I went down to uh, Lubbock last night. Yes, sir. Got to hang out with some really good brothers of the leaf over at Smokers Haven. Uh, Randy Baker put together a poker game, and uh, we all went up there and played. And I tell you what, uh, they have a tobacconist that works there. His name is Ron. Okay. Dude. Good, good tobacconist. That's what you want. I mean, I didn't know him. He's younger. Uh And so I really, I I think I met him once before, but, you know, I didn't really get to know him. Okay. And so I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to go in the humidor and pick out a stick. And he's like, okay, he hops up and goes in with me. And I'm thinking... Okay, I don't, I don't really need somebody to go in there. <laughs> I don't need to use yeah. car salesman. You know what, right, right. But he wasn't that way at all. Okay. He was like, so what are you in the mood for? You want something light, medium, uh, full? Uh, and yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just getting started in the evening. Let's, you know. And then all of a sudden, I saw the medallion out of the corner of my eye. And I said, oh, I found it. Yeah. And I just picked it up. And he was like, oh, that's a great stick. Yeah. So, you know. No big feat there, because, you know, I'm a medallion guy. man, yeah, yeah. But uh, we sat down and started playing cards, and after I finished that cigar, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get something else. And he hops up and goes in there with me, and uh, he's like, hey, uh, are you looking for something a little stronger this go-around? Or I said, no, I, I'm really in a medium mood tonight. Yeah. So he picked out, actually, it's on my list of uh cigars of the week uh-huh. and it's the uh my father's let me see which one it is oh it's the uh florida los antilia yeah, antilia yeah and i tell you what that cigar blew it out of the park as well and it's <laughs> been it's been probably two or three months since i've had okay, one of those okay and it was one of those cigars i lit up and i forgot how smooth and mm, velvety mm. the uh wrapper was i mean it was nice and I bought it in the Robusto size, okay. which, you know, I'm on that yeah. kick. And I tell you what, I, I told him, like, probably three or four puffs in. I was like, good choice, man. Good choice. <laughs> and so it's nice to have a tobacco. That's what a tobacconist is for. Yes. The humidor. Yes. And, you know, because I'm going to say this also. I've been to some cigar shops where the guy working as a tobacconist is not really a tobacconist. No, you know what I salesman. mean? He's a salesman. Mm-hmm. And he's just, you know, trying to be polite. Yeah, yeah. But, Ron knows his business. That's good. So, you know, I have, I had two tobacconists that I really counted on. Mm-hmm. Now I've got three. Okay. And okay. so, Ron, great job at uh, yeah. Smokers Haven up there. And uh, also, man, the poker game was fantastic. <laughs> Hanging out with Brothers of the Leaf yeah. and smoking cigars, drinking some good bourbon, and playing cards was a blast. <laughs> and my best friend Tim got to come over and play oh, that's with cool. us. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. hopefully you get to go up there and do that again with those guys soon. See, I'm not a poker player, man. Yeah, well, you know. I'm from the hood. We I shot know. dice. You shot dice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's how you wanted to gamble. You shot dice. So that was it. 
All I can tell you is I had a great time with a bunch of great guys. I, I, and that that's perfect. And, and I'll tell you that's what, what I love. Dude, and, and forgive me because I don't remember his name. Uh-huh. But we had a guy there. He didn't even play. He just dealt for us. Okay, so yeah, the dealer. Dude, I got you. That is so unusual yeah. at a private game. Because <laughs> usually we all take turns yeah, dealing, and yeah, I yeah. hate that. Because, I, one, I don't like dealing. It's not that I'm bad at it. I just don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then there's always, like, if you got five, six, seven, eight guys playing, there's always one guy that can't shuffle and deal, <laughs> and you're just like, dude, you are slowing down the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah. So, But anyway, it was really nice having a full-time cool. dealer. That's and cool. while he was dealing, whenever we were making our moves, he was shuffling another deck. So mm. we never had to wait for the next mm. hand. It mm. was really nice. He kept the flow going. Going, which yeah. kept the game fun and, yeah and it, interesting yeah, yeah it was yeah. a lot of fun and there was a lot of good characters there uh ron played uh randy played uh uh well I, I can't recall the other guy's names but we had a lot of fun that's cool that is real cool oh man. and tim played of course okay yeah but anyway okay so let's get on to my sick heart number yeah, three it we was went way off rant. yeah it was way <laughs> off track but anyway uh i just wanted to say thank you to randy for the invitation uh we had a great time so Anyway, the number three cigar is a new cigar that I've never had until this week. And I got to tell you, I, was, I wasn't I was expecting much, and it really caught me by surprise. Okay, what is that? It's from Villager. Villager? Yeah, Villager. And it's the La Libertad. <laughs> no, Please tell me you didn't just, just it's, didn't murder that I, name. <laughs> it's the La Libertad. No, there's no R in there. Let me try that again. <laughs> It's from Villager, uh-huh. and it's the La Libertad. Bitad, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know that I'm saying that correctly. But anyway, I got to say, uh, I looked it up uh-huh. uh, after I smoked it because I was so impressed with it. Okay. And I believe it scored like a 93. Oh, that's a so good I was scary. like, wow. So yeah. it was good and... Not I, just to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So anyway, those are my three cigars for the week. Uh, I think they're all great sticks. You know, and I'll tell you this. It's funny because all three sticks are mediums. None of those are full. Now, I, I would say the medallion is a little bit medium full, but they're still medium sticks. Yeah, None of them were the full-blown like this. That is you. so out of your character. Right. Yes, yes. Well, i tell you what. I'm really in that zone Yeah, lately. growing your palate. Yes, sir. Okay, guys, so let's shift gears here, and there's something that I want to talk about, and I think it's important, because I think everywhere you go, when you run into a brother of the leaf, you have that common bond, you have, it's a lifestyle. Yes, it is. And so, what bothers me is when I go somewhere, and I run into brothers of the leaf everywhere, Mm. you know, it's like, first of all, there's respect. 100%. And then second of all, it's kind of like your open arms because we have this bond and we understand the lifestyle. Oh, yes. And because you can go hang out at a lounge and there may be a guy that comes in and politically you completely disagree with Mm -hmm. everything he has to say. But you still can have a great conversation. Yeah, a great conversation. Mm -hmm. And you're not a... You're not a jerk to him. No. You know what I mean? You have a, you can sit down and have a civilized conversation. Most definitely. But let's flip that around. Mm -hmm. And I see two brothers of the leaf talking on, say, social media, Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it's the old telephone tough atmosphere. Yeah. 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 And, 
you know, I, I think we need to practice the golden rule, whether we're in person or online. Yeah. Because, you know what, there's tons of people out there that you may disagree with. But when you come into the fold of the brothers and sisters mm-hmm. of the leaf, we need to still show respect for each other. 100%. Because that's what the community is about. Well, it's about and I mean, camaraderie. And you look at, let's just look at me and you, for instance. Uh-huh. We don't agree on a lot of things. That's true. But we always show each other respect. 100%. We always get along very well. Yeah, we're great uh, friends. We're great friends. Yeah. And so, you know, when you start bashing on somebody online, you don't know their story. No, you don't. You haven't walked a mile Mm-mm. in their shoes. Mm-mm. And so I would ask you to step back and refrain from getting nasty. It doesn't show, for one, it puts a black eye on the environment. The brother of the leaf community. It puts a black eye on it. It also doesn't give you any, as we say, props. It doesn't put you higher than anybody. Absolutely. It doesn't put you better than anybody. Well, you when know, I see that, it, I actually have a negative oh, yeah. outlook on the people who are doing that. My, I, I guess I could say mine is negative too, because I look at it and I'm not judging, but I'm looking at it as, how dare you? Yeah. Who do you think you yeah. are? We, we we all have our own background. Most definitely. Everybody has their own struggle. Right. And I, just because you feel or you're you feel, you put yourself you put yourself in a position where you feel that you're better or you can look down upon somebody, I dare you bring that to the brother of the leaf or the sisters of the leaf. Absolutely. Because it, that's not us. No. That's that's a hundred percent not us. And if you feel that way, then you need to step back about face and exit yourself because that's not what we're looking for. Right. Right. It's not, I don't, I don't, I can't explain how many times I've gone to the leaf and struggles I've had and I'm able to sit down and just vent. Right. And people listen and they say, you know what? Okay. I understand what you're saying. And then in the end, they may give me a little bit of their perspective. So something I didn't see in it. Right. And now I can go in. That's what it's about. It's an uplifting community. Absolutely. I agree. hundred yeah. percent. I'm not on that. Nah, so nah. I just say, you know, you know, I haven't seen people get ugly in person mm-hmm. at cigar lounges, but I've noticed that on Facebook. And so, you know, I just want to step back and just say, hey, don't forget, we're brothers of the leaf and let's not go that route. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that Facebook hero uh, syndrome. Exactly. And people want to be superstars and they want everybody to see them differently than they are. And then you walk up and you look at the person and they have the lowest self-esteem you've ever understood. And you're like, OK, you were Clark. I mean, not Clark Kent, but you were the alter ego of the Clark Kent on Facebook. But I'm looking at you and you really teenage Clark Kent right <laughs> right come on man just well and you know here's the thing it is and a lot of people get on Facebook and they're very passionate oh, about yes. their beliefs yes. and I get that yeah. but what difference are you making on Facebook by none. doing that none. you know what I mean none none I mean it's the you know what I see is everybody who agrees with you piles on and everybody who is passionately against you piles on and the people like me in the middle are just like next <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't have time for that. It's true. Very true. You know, it's 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 almost like when you're standing in line at the grocery store and you see the National Enquirer <laughs> on the shelf. You know, you know what I'm saying. The sun or the star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at those lines. Yeah, well, and it's, it's like you're looking at a train wreck. Yeah, almost definitely, man. Most so, definitely. Anyway, we just wanted to say, hey, man, your brother Leaf, represent. Represent the correct way. Right. The correct way. So... Anyway, hey, coming up next, we've got Maggie 
from the American Whiskey Magazine. And right after that, we'll have Adam. So stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. Hey guys, thanks for hanging through the break. We have a special guest with us. We have the content editor from American Whiskey Magazine with us. Her name is Maggie Kimbrell. How are you doing today, Maggie? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, well, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, we were really excited. I was looking over the uh, website, and it looks like you guys have a lot of cool information. I recently got into bourbon seriously, uh, you know, probably about six months ago. So I'm very new. I'm very uh, in the learning stages. So we are excited to have you on the air and talk some tips. All right. Well, and I have to say, we're happy to have you to the bourbon family. It's it's a really fun journey. You're going to have a lot of fun. It really is, because prior to smoking cigars, my only experience was doing shots of Jack Daniels. So that tells you, you know, that was way long time ago. Everybody has that phase. That's OK. We all work past it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody at your own pace. So how long have you been the content editor at American Whiskey Magazine? So American Whiskey Magazine um, is a pretty new magazine from an old publication house. Okay. So the parent company is Paragraph Publishing, which also publishes Whiskey Magazine. So Whiskey Magazine is probably a title that a lot of your listeners are more familiar with. And we wa- we launched American Whiskey Magazine in the summer of 2018. So it's been a little over a year that it's been out. And I have been the content editor since around the beginning of the year, probably, um, I think March was, was when that finally came out. And, you know, it's just been really fun and exciting building a magazine, um, from the ground up. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I was looking at your website. It's, it's really well done. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, check out their website, it is AmericanWhiskeyMag.com. And it uh, looks like you got a lot of great articles. I like the, uh, what is it, Thirsty Thursdays? Yeah, that's that's something that our, our content executive, uh, Phoebe, does. So she's doing a lot of like cocktail content and stuff like that. So that's that's been really fun as well. Okay, cool. So I wanted to hit you up and find out about maybe some price point bourbons, like under, say, $35 that you think is like a really good bourbon that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. So uh, do you want to hear about bourbons in general or bourbons that go well with cigars? Or are we going to cover both of those? I would like to cover both if you have the time. Okay, perfect. So what I'll do is I'll start with, um, you know, value bourbons. So one thing that you have to remember when you're talking about value bourbons is that during the 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s, Um, That was a really tough time for the bourbon industry. They were competing with vodka, beer, and wine. And, you know, when you're looking at a bottle of premium vodka on the shelf next to a bottle of bourbon, and you see vodka, which can be made in a day and bottled tomorrow and on the truck going to the store three days after, you know, the grains were harvested from the field, basically, you know, and you're paying the same amount for something that has to sit in a barrel for, you know, six to 10 to 12, 15, however many years, when those things are the same price next to each other on the shelf, that means that the price of that whiskey is being kept artificially low to compete with the more popular spirits at the time. Okay. And so, you know, when we started the bourbon boom, there were still a lot of really amazing bottles of bourbon that you could get for $12. I kid you not. You could get amazing bourbon, especially in Kentucky. We had a lot of bottled and bond. The Heaven Hill bottled and bond was one of the 
cult favorites and they just did away with that last year and i kid you not it was 12.99 yeah it's funny that four year bonded it's funny that you bring that one up because i was traveling earlier and i was listening to a bourbon podcast and they were talking about you know five six years ago you could get that for like 8.99 oh yeah oh yeah absolutely and there's been a but a big uprising about taking it away because something about they're going to bring it back under a different name or something and they have they they have brought it back i actually am looking at a bottle on my desk right now they brought it back i'm sorry i think i said it was a four year i believe that one was a six year they brought it back as a seven year heaven hell bottled in bond and i believe the price point is around 40 dollars now which is still a really great deal for that bottle it's a phenomenal bottle so when you're talking about value bourbons there's a whole you know you kind of have to understand the category a little bit so in order to be called bourbon it has to fulfill all of these regulations so to be straight bourbon it has to be distilled from a minimum of 51 percent corn it has to be uh you know nothing but pure water added to adjust for proof has to be aged in charred oak brand new containers so you can't use used barrels or anything like that and you know it has to be distilled no higher than i think 160 proof barreled no higher than 125 proof and so there are all these regulations that go into what can be called bourbon and when you're talking about value bourbon a four-year-old bourbon is still a good bourbon because it has all these regulations on it um so when you look at something that says straight bourbon especially if it says kentucky straight bourbon just because we've been doing it longer than most people you know you're pretty much always going to get a pretty decent product um you know there are some people out there doing some funky things and and so you you can't really say you know everything that says bourbon is automatically great because there are some people that are doing some funky things. There are some people that are doing some weird things. And and all this falls under the category of bourbon. I had a bourbon the other day that it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just very different. Had a secondary grain. Oh, here, I've got the, the note right in front of me. Let me pull pull this out and see. Millet. Millet was the secondary grain. And so that was a really interesting one. It was very different. So value bourbons that are under, you know, $30, $40. I love, you know, like the Four Roses used to be called Yellow Label, just the standard Four Roses. I'm pretty sure, you know, like a standard maker's mark is probably around $30, $35 at this point. I haven't worked in the liquor store for a while, so uh, no my problem. pricing may be a little old. Well, I know that um, I love the Four Roses, just the standard, and I the small batch oh, is great yeah. too, but the standard Four Roses is just such a great value. It really is. It really is. And there are just so many great value bourbons. And it really, you know, people always ask me what kind of bourbon should I buy? And I have to tell them, you know, like send me a picture of what's on the shelf at your store because there's a lot of stuff that I can get in Kentucky that you all can't get anywhere else. I think you're in Ohio. Is that right? No, I'm way down in Texas. Oh, you're way down in Texas. Okay. So same kind of situation. I mean, and there's some great uh, bourbon being made down in Texas even. Um, I went down there to visit the Treaty Oak Distillery last fall and they're doing some really great stuff. I particularly love their rye. Okay. And they're just they're really great folks. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty much, if you're talking about legacy brands, you know, Wild Turkey 101, that's a great bottle. And I think that one's like $22. Oh, that's not bad at all. You know, Woodford Reserve, Old Forester. If you get the Old Forester, I, I, I think it used to be called Signature. It's 100 proof. I can't remember what they're calling it now. That's another one that's like maybe $24 or $25. That's a great bottle. You know, just in any of these legacy brands, 
that have this established stock and the established process and all that kind of stuff, they're always going to have a good shelf standard. You know, they know what they're doing. Buffalo Trace is another one, you know, just a standard Buffalo Trace, I think is probably, you know, in the, in the $25 range. And yeah, that's kind of like where I started was with the, well, once I started with uh, cigars was with Buffalo Trace. And then uh, I think, uh, a good friend of mine bought a bottle of E.H. Taylor. E.H. Taylor, yeah. Great That's stuff. A good, good bottle, yeah. And so we've been kind of going back and forth between the Four Roses and the E.H. Taylor. It's like either one between sure. those two, you can't go wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, any... Anytime you have an established, you know, legacy brand that's been doing this for decades and decades and decades, they know what they're doing. You know, just trust them. They know what they're doing. Okay. So what what is the new version of Heaven Hill? So the new version. Of, so Heaven Hill is a really great company because one of the things that they've done that's been really phenomenal for the bourbon industry is they've kind of saved all of these legacy brands. So, you know, brands like um, JTS Brown which was JTS Brown was actually George Garvin Brown's half brother who started Brown Foreman and he had his own whiskey company. And so, you know, Heaven Hill is kind of like the keeper of the heritage. So when you're talking about Heaven Hill brands, there's an entire portfolio just of bourbons. Okay. Um, You know, they have, they have so many different products. So the Heaven Hill that we're talking about is, um, you know, the formerly Heaven Hill, um, bald and bond which had the white white label with green letters on it and then there's another heaven hill that is just a green label which is starting to be the the next kind of preferred secret favorite a little bit okay even though it's not a bonded but what they did with that bottle was you know they they realized that they were losing money probably on that proposition there there was a lot more money that they could have been making on on what they were bottling there and so they just kind of pulled the six year off the shelf, redesigned the bottle, and then re-released it as a seven year at a higher, you know, probably a more, um, a, a better equilibrium for the, for the price point, I think. And so, yeah, there are a lot of people who are really upset about that because you used to be able to get a really phenomenal bottle of, of six year old bourbon for eight ninety nine on sale. And, you know, of course we're going to miss that. All good things but must come to an end. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that, that could not have lasted forever. So, you know, they, it was just kind of a, you know, a strategic plan on their part to, you know, kind of end. Because, you know, if you raise the price and raise the price and raise the price, then, you know, you get that backlash, which we've seen with, you know, things like bookers, you know, which they've had to kind of pull back on a little bit. If you just kind of pull the product and make it into a whole different, new product with a new design and all that kind of stuff. Um, it kind of, I guess, eases the sting a little bit. And, you know, I have to say the bottle, the new bottle is really nice. It's very pretty. Yeah. And the other thing that I had heard was, you know, when it comes to consumers going into the liquor store, you know, if someone's looking for that $25 bottle, then that's what they're buying. But if they're looking for something a little more luxury, they're not going to go to the 30. They're going to go, they're going to tend to go to the 40. So it's really a good value at that price range for what it is, but it's actually going to sell more at that higher price range than it would at the lower price range. You know, I'll be really interested to see how that plays out because I know a lot of people are kind of grumbling, but it's not like they took it off the shelf and turn it into a hundred dollar bottle or even a $70 bottle. You know, I'm pretty sure I know I have the press release buried under the mountain of papers in front of me somewhere. I want to say it's like, you know, 46 99 or something in, in that neighborhood. So tell us about a bourbon that would be like the best value under a hundred bucks. I mean, like, 
almost all, you know, like pretty much all bourbons are going to be under a hundred bucks. You know, it's, it's not like scotch where it's been sitting in the cask for, you know, 40 years sometimes. For the most part, you know, you're talking about a product that's going to be at its peak when it's, you know, eight to 12 years. Okay. So anything... And, you know, I don't like to tell people, like, you should try this bottle or you should try this bottle. You know, I think I like to help people, you know, understand what they like the best. So what I would do is say, you know, if you really like that Heaven Hill bottled and bond, why not try a different Heaven Hill product? They have a whole bunch of different products. So, like, move up to, you know, like a, an Elijah Craig. The Elijah Craig barrel proof is amazing. But, you know, most of the Elijah Craig products that I've had are, are pretty phenomenal. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, if you like one thing, maybe try the the step up. You know, most distilleries have a step up from their standard shelf product and most of them are going to be under $100. So, you know, that's it's not about what I like or what I think you should drink. Sure. I think you should drink whatever you want. And that just comes from experience because that's one of the things with cigars. You know, I can't tell you what cigar you would like, tell you all the different ones I like. And Absolutely. but unless you take the time to make that journey on your own, you're really not going to know what you like. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, I teach um, whiskey and cigar pairing seminars at, you know, bourbon festivals all over the country. And I also write the bourbon and, or the whiskey and cigar pairing column for American Whiskey Magazine. Oh, nice. And so one of the things that I teach is I teach a process. I don't go in there and I say, I want you to come to the conclusion that this is the best whiskey with the cigar. I teach people the entire process. So I always recommend that people start with a flight. I think that your flight should be varied in flavor profile. And so I usually start with a weeder and then I go with a standard, you know, high corn bourbon, and then I'll go with something a little bit higher rye. And so usually if I'm teaching um, someplace, you know, New Orleans or, or wherever, where I don't know, I'm not going to be able to get the same things that I can get in Kentucky. I'll do a maker's mark for that weeder or larceny. And then I'll do a gem bean black for that, you know, good mid range, high corn kind of profile. And then I'll do a Four Roses yellow label for, or, you know, formerly known as yellow label for that, you know, higher rye content. I see. So, you know, then you kind of just try each one of those with your cigar and see which one complements it the best. And oftentimes there will be one that's a standout. So, you know, I tell people to keep notes, keep a little journal, you know, and try different things and just figure out what you like. One of the really weird things that we've found, um, you know, I do this sometimes with some of my colleagues as well. One of the kind of interesting things that we've found so far is that Four Roses Yellow Label, they're going to fuss at me for saying this. I keep calling it Yellow Label. I don't know <laughs> what else to call it. Standard Four Roses goes really well with almost every cigar I've ever tried it with. Well, you know, um, that's say, what we found too, because we have a, a group at the uh, cigar lounge and we get together and we all bring different bourbons. And I tell you what, for me, I, you can't go wrong with the standard four roses. And it's, it's, it's really strange because it seems like everybody tends to agree like, yeah, this goes with a lot of different things. And so kind of one of the things that makes that four roses bottle a little bit different 
is that it has 10 different recipes of, of whiskey, of bourbon in it. Oh, wow. So Four Roses has five different yeast strains and two different mash bills. And they use those to make 10 different recipes. So the single barrel will be one of those recipes. The small batch, I believe, is three of those recipes, the standard small batch. And then they'll have small batch limited releases that'll have, you know, maybe four or five different recipes. But the the uh, standard Four Roses, that's all 10 recipes. Oh, wow. And so you get a lot more of those different congeners in there from those, those, ye- those different yeasts. They all produce different flavors. So you just have so much more complexity in that bottle than you would have in, in most bottles. Well, that's very interesting. And that makes a lot of sense because it does pair so well with so many different cigars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What's the difference between a bourbon and a rye? Okay. Yeah, that's that's actually a really great question because I think a lot of people do kind of lump those in together. So they're both whiskeys, but bourbon has to be 51% corn whereas rye has to be 51% rye. Okay. Each one of those can be up to 100% corn in the case of bourbon or 100% rye in the case of rye, but generally they're not. Generally they are made with additional grains because mainly corn and rye have a very low enzymatic potential. I think I can't remember which one is lower, but I know that they don't have enough enzymatic potential to get full fermentation on their own. So you would have to use an extract to be able to get full fermentation on those if you had them by themselves, which some people do. You know, all the 100% rise, they're, they're using a malt extract to get that full sugar conversion. Oh, okay. Um, but you have to put in a little bit of malt, malted barley to get that process going to kind of kickstart that fermentation process and make sure that all those sugars are converted into alcohol. So that's, that's basically the difference is just, you know, one's 51% corn and one's 51% rye. There are some other, um, you know, bourbon has a lot more rules attached to it than rye does, but those, that's the basic gist of it. Well, and it's, I've never had a rye. Is there a very distinct flavor to a rye versus a bourbon? So the really interesting thing about rye is two things. So rye tends to do better at a younger age um, because just the rye grain has a lot more flavor in it than, you know, just a corn, a regular corn. So when you have a really high rye, rye whiskey, like a 95.5 or a 100% rye, at a really young age, it's still going to taste really nice. If it's been in the barrel for two, you know, two, three, four years, that's still going to be a really nice barrel of whiskey. Oh, good to know. Um, you know, it's it's got, I, I always say like saddle leather notes and grass notes and, you know, very floral and, and uh, you know, like very flowery, floral grass, you know, th- think spring. It tastes like spring. Okay. If that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, all the notes that you listed are very similar to a lot of different cigar notes. So I think. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of crossover in that for sure. And then the other really interesting thing about rye whiskey is the longer it sits in a barrel, the more it, it starts to kind of take on the same characteristics of bourbon. As it gets a little bit older and as it sits in that barrel a little bit longer, you know, it can take on more of the barrel characteristics to where, you know, it's still going to be a very similar flavor profile to that 
bourbon. Well, that sounds like I'll have to add one to my list. Is there a is there a rye that you would suggest starting with? Well, if you're in Texas, I would look up the folks at Treaty Oak. They're just right right outside of Austin and Dripping Springs. Okay. And they've got distribution all over Texas. I really enjoyed their rye. They have a couple of different offerings. You know, as far as something that's a shelf standard that's from a major producer, Wild Turkey makes rye, Sazerac makes rye, Brown Foreman makes rye, so you can get like maybe an Old Forester rye. Heaven Hill makes rye, uh, which is usually, well, it's the Old Overholt is Beam. And then Rittenhouse is is one of Heaven Hill's ryes. And then, of course, you know, when you get into really nice high-end ryes, you're talking about your Thomas Handy Sazerac and, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, there, there are lots of really great rye whiskeys out there that you can try. And that's one of the things that a lot of the smaller craft distilleries are doing because it does taste so much better at a younger age. I got you. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You can get it to market a lot quicker. Absolutely. Okay. I appreciate your time and I appreciate all the information. So where can everybody find you guys on social media? Yeah, for me, you can find me at Lou Girl 502 L-O-U as in Louisville Girl 502 And then for um, American Whiskey Mag, you can find us at Whiskey Magazine, Whiskey with an E on Twitter, and American Whiskey Mag on Instagram. Okay, awesome. And on this episode, I will place a link down below and people can just follow the link straight to your website. I was going over your website before we started the call and it has a lot of great information. Yeah, I appreciate that. I hope everybody uh, gives us a listen, gives us a look and checks out um, the magazine. Subscribe. I definitely have a lot of really great cigar content in there. Um, The last, the, the current issue has La Gloria Cubana series R, Esteli number 54, the Aladino Cazador Maduro, uh, the Black Label Trading Company Bishop's Blend, and a Herrera Esteli Miami. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, great. And uh, you know what? We'll be in touch again, and hopefully we can have you back on because it sounds like you got a lot of great information and will help us grow as a bourbon community as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for taking the time, and have a great weekend. You as well. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging through the break. We have long-awaited guest, Adam. He's one of our Patreons, and he actually won a contest not long ago and won four McAuliffe cigars, and so we got him on the line. How you doing, Adam? Doing well. How you doing today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm sitting here smoking a cigar, drinking some coffee, and, you know, what more could I ask? Absolutely. I hear you on that. No coffee for me tonight, but... Now, are you a coffee drinker? I just started drinking coffee. Oh, man, I tell you what, I just started drinking coffee like three years ago, and I I always hated coffee, and I started smoking cigars uh, probably 10 years ago, but I never paired it with coffee, and the first time I did was because my wife was like, I think you'd like that drinking and smoking a cigar, so I tried it, and I was like, holy crap, I love coffee now. And I probably drink somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, four to eight cups a day. Nice. How do you like your coffee? I like it straight up black. All right. Um, I'm not at that point yet, but holy crap, that's a huge torch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my my pistol uh, jetliner. It throws out a flame. I think it's about a foot and a half long. Oh, it seemed like it. Yeah. So, no, man, I love uh, Sumatran coffee. I love Colombians, uh, Kenya. I mean, I just, 
I love all the coffees when I'm smoking cigars. And actually, to be honest with you, I would rather have coffee with my cigar even over like bourbon or scotch i do enjoy bourbon and scotch but you know i can drink coffee any time of the day i can't be sitting around right. drinking bourbon and drinking scotch during the middle of the <laughs> afternoon well you could do it like uh richard overton oh yeah you could have his coffee in the morning with just a little splash of whiskey yeah yeah definitely <laughs> so uh tell us a little bit about how you got started in the smoking cigars so I was working at a gas station when I was 17, and um, I was the kid who was fortunate enough to close the store out after it was probably 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Okay. And I'm like, I'm here, no cameras. I don't have to card myself. Right. So I bought a pack of Backwoods, so, and I'm like, oh. So how was the first cigar you smoked? Oh, I thought it was the cat's ass. Oh, so at 17, you're smoking a Backwoods, and you're, like, living it up. Oh, absolutely. All my friends were ragging on me because I, I was the kid who uh, wasn't smoking cigarettes like everyone else, and I'm the kid who was smoking cigars. Nice. And now that I look back on it, and I'm like, no, I, I was just smoking a freaking glorified blunt. <laughs> That's all I was smoking. Right. So which what cigar would you say was like the first premium cigar that you had? The first premium cigar I had was actually an acid Cuba Cuba. Oh, okay. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, it's an acid Cuba Cuba. And it's like, you know what I tell everybody is that's premium tobacco right there. I mean, exactly. Not everybody likes, you know, sweet or infused cigars, but as far as being quality tobacco, it's a quality cigar. A a exactly. That's that was my whole thing on it. And um, I was actually one of the fortunate people this summer to actually go over to um, one of the tobacco farms in Connecticut and go to the Drew Estate Barn Smoker. Oh, no kid, man. How was that? Which, Oh, it was absolutely phenomenal. That's cool, man. Well, uh, do you know who Fabian is? I do. We're going to have yeah. him on the show next week, brother. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. I talked to him. Well, I'm sorry. Not next week. The week after. I talked to him, I believe it was yesterday. And uh, he said that uh, as soon as he gets back, he's doing a little vacation. And when he gets back, we're going to have him on the show. So I'm excited to have him. Awesome. That That's awesome. I, I love to hear that. Yeah, so just so everyone knows, Adam won one of our giveaways for the, just the Patreons, and it was a uh, special package of McAuliffe Reservas and, and a special edition. And what's driving me crazy is he hasn't smoked them yet. I've been wanting to hear what he thinks about them, but he's actually saving them for a special event, which he hopefully he has coming up soon. So tell us who you're going to smoke these special cigars with. I am actually going to smoke them with my older brother and my uncle. Nice, nice. So how much older is your older brother? Uh, he's 13 months older than I am. Oh, wow. So you are, like, super close. Do you have any other brothers or sisters or just you two boys? I do. I have a younger brother and I have a younger sister. Oh, okay. So are you and your older brother, like, close because y'all are so close in age? I'm going to say yes, we were are close my mother went to nursing school while my older brother and i were in elementary school oh, okay and 
my dad would work third shift. So basically, my older brother and I had to uh, develop as uh, children into more of a young adult at an earlier age. Which means you probably got into some trouble. Some trouble is a little <laughs> bit of an understatement. Right. Yeah, so. I was kind of in the same boat. My dad worked all kinds of crazy hours. Uh, he worked in transportation, and then my mom uh, worked at uh, Texas Instruments, which was shift work. So there was lots of times where I was left on my own to uh, behave myself, and that didn't always work out in my best interest. My older brother and I run an Instagram page. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're, we're the Tobacco Brothers. Oh, cool. Now, have I seen you on there? I believe so. Okay, I believe I'll have so. to go I, back and look. Yeah, I do know that Bryant follows us, and I see him comment every now and then. Uh, I try every time somebody posts a comment on one of the pictures, I try to comment back. Nice. So, yeah. And you know that Bryant posts tons and tons of pictures of his face, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's the pretty boy of the group. <laughs> so tell me about, like, being in Massachusetts, what's it like being a cigar smoker? Uh, I've heard that like the taxes are kind of crazy up there. It sucks. It oh. sucks being a cigar smoker in the state of Massachusetts. We like to call it Taxachusetts. Taxachusetts. Yeah, that's not good. That's no. not good. What's the tax rate up there? So the tax rate is 40%. 40%, man. That's 40%. tough, brother. On the stick. Wow. And so not only is it 40% on the cigar, you also have your state tax, which is six and a quarter percent. And then you also have your local tax. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's super crazy. You know, in Texas, it's pretty much straight across the board. I mean, you have some uh, different price variances depending on like where the shop is located. I mean, you know, if you're in downtown Dallas, they're paying a lot more in rent. So they got to make some of that money back. So you're going to pay a little bit more on the cigars. But, you know, that's just expect. Because you're the way I think about it is you're in, you're in the city, you're in, basically you're in a tourist attraction yeah exactly so i mean when you're in the city you're going to pay a little more when you're you know in a smaller town you're going to pay a little bit less so right. you know we're big supporters of our brick and mortars so you know we like to go to as many brick and mortars as possible really absolutely i don't blame you i hate buying cigars online i i'd much rather go even though hate paying the taxes on the cigars i understand that these are small businesses i'd much rather support your small business than supporting a huge corporate company. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is when you go to the cigar shop, you actually get to hang out and enjoy the camaraderie with your brothers uh, of the leaf, you know? Unfortunately, there are really no cigar lounges. Man. Yeah. Dude, that's rough. So, yeah, t tell me about it. So I like to say I, I have the mobile uh, cigar lounge nice anybody who wants to smoke a cigar come hop in my truck we'll go for a drive nice <laughs> hey well that's what you should do you should start a group and be like the mobile truck cigar lounge oh absolutely that's one heck of an idea hey so that's one of the things that i've talked to people about is like uh, you know i think it was two weeks ago i had a guest on and that's what he does is actually have private parties with people smoking cigars and i think that's a great idea especially in this case where you can't smoke at a cigar shop or lounge i mean i think that's great especially if you're you know have a good weather to hang out in and enjoy a smoke absolutely so, hey, so do you guys cook out, like grill out, like we do in Texas, or y'all 
just eat out? <laughs> no, uh, I have a ton of food allergies. Go figure. 5'10", 350-pound dude with food allergies, right? <laughs> but uh, no, so I try to do a lot of uh, more home cooking. Nice. I love grilling. I love smoking food. Okay. Uh, well, see, that's what yeah. you could do. You could, like, grill out and smoke out and have uh, people over to smoke cigars. So, hey, what do you do up in Massachusetts? So, I actually work for um, Johnson & Johnson. Oh, okay. Cool, man. Yeah. Everybody assume It's easier if I tell you I work for Johnson & Johnson. Um, I actually work for one of their companies called uh, Depew Synthes, which deals with um, uh, surgical equipment. So... I deal with knee replacements, hip replacements. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So I actually work in the warehouse. So I'm in charge of anything that comes in. I have to receive it. And then from me, it goes to inspection. Oh, okay. So like uh, replacement parts? Is that what you're... Yes. Okay, cool, man. Yes. I deal with a lot of replacement parts. Nice. So where are you and your brother and your uncle going to smoke these special McAuliffe cigars? We're probably going to smoke them at over his house in his backyard or the front yard. Okay. Wherever, wherever we decide to sit down and uh, just hang out for a little while. Well, hopefully that'll be this coming weekend, man. Unfortunately, it won't be. I might tell my brother, hey, you know what? I'll smoke the Leyenda with you. You can smoke the, uh, the last family reserve, and I plan on smoking one of those family reserves with my uncle this weekend oh very nice very nice so we'll say hopefully the weather's gonna hold up man because i know it's no fun to be smoking out in the super cold uh you know what as long as it doesn't hit zero here i'm okay with smoking outside well cool man well hey bud i appreciate you joining us on the show i guess uh we'll stay in contact and tell everybody where they can find you and your brother on instagram so you can find us at at the tobacco brothers on instagram uh we try to post daily uh sometimes it doesn't exactly pan out that way for us but uh you can also we actually just started a youtube channel as well so you can just google uh search on youtube the tobacco brothers oh nice man well pop right up it's uh we like to do other stuff just besides cigars okay Uh, i'm also a pipe smoker oh very nice so well, I will, uh, on this episode that comes out Monday, I'll put a link, I'll find your YouTube channel and I'll put a link to it underneath the episode as well. Awesome. Sounds great, brother. Hey man. Well, thanks for joining us. And I really hope that you and your brother and your uncle enjoy those McAuliffe's after you smoke those. I want you to let me know. Oh, absolutely. That'll be the first thing I do. All right, man. I appreciate it. You have a good night. Thanks again for joining us, brother. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed those interviews. Uh, It was a pleasure having Maggie and Adam on the show this week. And uh, before, well, let's go ahead and get to the ambassador program for McCalla. Yeah, yes, yes. I don't know how to tell you any more than I already have how cool the McCalla ambassador program is. Uh, They take care of their people. They send you a, a challenge coin with your own personal number on it. They send you a handwritten certificate. They have a Facebook group that's just for their ambassadors. Yes, it is. They get input. Like this last week, they were asking uh, what 
cigar-related podcasts that you listen to. <laughs> Beside, well, they actually said besides, besides yeah, cigar talk. Yeah. And so I uh, voted on, I believe, three. Uh, one was the cigar pulpit. That's one I voted on. And then the other one was cigar heads. And then the other one was, I believe, cigar hustlers. Okay. There okay. might have been one fourth one I, I don't remember, but okay. anyway, give all those guys a listen, man. We're yeah. not we're not like trying to say, mm-hmm. hey, there are competition. Nope. I I love the fact that there's so many different cigar shows you can listen to because each one of them provides a different type of show, Tell the different truth. information. So I, you it's know, just like you said earlier before the interview, it's about the community. It's about the brothers of the leaf. It's not just us, right? It's absolutely. not just us. And so uh, I actually got on. Uh, I was actually on Cigar Heads uh, several weeks back mm. and had a great conversation with those guys. Uh, I really enjoyed it. They do. Uh, they do a lot of sports stuff. They know a lot about sports. Uh, speaking of sports, we got the Houston Astros <laughs> playing in the World Series. Now, are you an Astros fan? No. Are you a Washington fan? No. So I know you're a Cardinals fan. 100%. So who, who does that leave you rooting for? Houston. Okay. Houston. So so you're pulling for the, the, the locals. Yeah. And the reason why, because Houston used to be in the National League. You know, they used to be uh, one of our – they used to be in our division, and we used to go against them every year. But, you know, it's still that – to me, that camaraderie. They still a part – I love them. I still love them. Well, let me tell you this that you, I bet you don't know. What is that? Do you know where and what team the Astros started as? Were they the Co-45s? Negative. Who were they? They were the Railroaders – out of Cleburne, Texas. Oh my God! Now I really like you, railroaders. So, right? <laughs> hey, so now Cleburne actually has a minor team uh-huh. called the Railroaders, and they built this awesome stadium for them. Do it's have, a big deal. Do they have a train going through there? No, they don't. <sighs> but you know the Astros do. Yeah, that's why I asked. <laughs> so, so that's where the train came from. Yeah, yeah. You learn something new every day. Hey, so I ah. actually learned that from my wife, who is from Cleburne. Mm. So I did not know that. But anyway, I'm a big Astros fan just because when I lived in the Houston area, me and some buddies used to go watch the Astros on a regular basis, uh-huh. and we would just make a whole day of it. Okay, okay. Like the game would start at 7. Anyway, we used to go have Chinese food okay. at lunch, and then we would go downtown, Peas smoke and ca- cigars, and drink beer, and then the go game t- didn't start till 7, oh, okay. so we had been started at like noon, <laughs> so it was always a great game, and we had great seats. We used to love going to Astros games. It was a lot of fun. I, I loved going to the Cardinals game. Last I've actually been to a Cardinals yeah. game in St. Louis. The old Bush Stadium. The, the old new? Bush yeah, Stadium. Yeah, I went to that. I've been in the new one. The last game I went to, my daughters actually uh, paid for me a ticket, and they took me back to St. Louis to a game nice. for my birthday. Yes, Very they nice. did. I truly appreciate them, them ladies because they're not little girls. <laughs> You're right. Ladies. Right. So anyway, we just want to wish uh, the Astros good luck going forward. Uh, hopefully they win tonight. That'll make it 2-2. Uh, they're currently ahead 2-0, and I think it's like the second or third inning. So uh, we got that game going on in the background while yeah, we're recording the yeah, studio. We don't yeah. want to miss a single pitch. <laughs> but anyway, coming up, not this coming week, but the next week, we should have Fabian 
a longtime Drew Estate guy. Yes, yes. Uh, he recently just left, and uh, we can't wait to have him on the show to find out what maybe he has in store, uh, in store mm-hmm. for his future. Yeah. Uh, great guy, great Facebook and oh, uh, Instagram, yes. always doing crazy <laughs> stuff. But uh, I love following him, and uh, I reached out to him, and he said he'd be more than happy to come on the show. Cool, so cool. we're going to have him on in two weeks. Don't want to miss that. Who was there? And so, really, I guess that about wraps it up for this week. Do you, you have anything else you want to talk about for me? No, you? sir. All right, guys. Hey, all I got to say is don't throw food in McDonald's. Why? Uh, you haven't seen it? No. Uh, it was altercation, and a blender was slung. A blender was a slung? A blender. By who? The, the manager at the McDonald's. Who threw food? A customer. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it looked like a Tyson fight. Out you know what? If you're throwing food in public, <laughs> you're you deserve some kind of altercation. A hundred percent. You know, John Belushi is gone. Rest his soul. There are no more food fights. <laughs> right. So and, uh, at least not in public. And, oh man. So come on, come on. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's show. Yes, sir. And until next week, keep smoking.